You know, it's that time of the year, Pop. We're talking lots of golf. The season began, and we're still talking football, though. Yeah, we're talking turmoil in the New York Giants football locker room. <laughs> Wink Martindale's out playing records now uh, instead of football. I'm going to miss that guy. I don't know. We'll get Ryan's take. Ryan Kramer back with us of the Sports Gambling Podcast. My man, how you doing? Uh, you know, crazy time. It feels like the uh, tabloids are taking over the league right now with everything that's going on off the field. Yeah, a lot of dissension too. You know, I guess you know. Look, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about um, with you, especially, and we'll put you on the spot. Have a little fun with you today. Um, but as week 18 finished up, first of all, all those scenarios so confusing. I mean, you know, it just was crazy. Like if this team won and this team, you know, lost, they would this team would get in. It was crazy, but. A lot of that actually took place, and it was really good to see, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers making it again, and, you know, obviously that uh, consistency out of Pittsburgh's good to see. But there's a lot of turmoil that took place. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs, whether they're coordinators or whether they're head coaches. I don't know the uh, the actual number. Are there, like, six or seven now positions? Is this the most head coaching positions <laughs> that I've ever seen in one season? It certainly seems like it's a lot. And I yeah. think when you sprinkle in the the magnitude of the who, the guys who have been in positions for a long time, you know, coaches that we, a couple of years ago we would have said, no, these guys are staples. They'll leave when they want to leave. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of openings. I also think we're, we're – and maybe it's over-reporting. We're also hearing about a lot more coaches being blocked to go out and interview for other positions um, even at like assistance. And so I think that the, as the league gets sharper and sharper and they realize where the, the efficiencies are, they realize coaching is one of those areas. And so I think teams are going to be a little less likely to give up a great coach, uh, to go get another opportunity, especially if it's a parallel move. And I think, you know, especially with these coordinators and head coaching jobs, it's like, you can't let an offensive uh, stud go. Ben Johnson, Detroit Lions, great example. You can't let him go, but he's going to go, and so it's about you know maximizing. I certainly am here for it uh, as someone who creates content. Uh, I mean, let's go. This this is the best time of year. But you know, hold on, Pop. I mean, we got let's see here: the Falcons, you've got the Panthers, you've got the Raiders, you've got the Chargers, the Patriots now, uh, Seattle Seahawks, the Titans, the Commanders. I mean, a lot of teams obviously looking for change. Now, as I mean, if you look at the guys who either lost their jobs or mutually parted ways, in your opinion, Ryan, what guys out of this group will actually find another head coaching job as opposed to going coordinator? That's a great that's a great question. I think you know, it's it, it, two layers. One is this person willing to go to the college level? Because mm. uh, obviously, if you're an NFL head coach, you can probably get whatever college coaching job you want. Now, I think you put Pete Carroll and, and Belichick to the side just because it seems like maybe they're just not going to coach anymore. Uh, although it has been funny to see the memes of Bill Belichick and Nick Saban just swapping spots and, and all of a sudden Saban comes back to the NFL. Uh, but I, I would say putting those guys aside, to me, the, the guy that pops out is like Otto uh, is Mike Vrabel. I think we're going to see Mike Vrabel land a head coaching job we've seen the patriot rumors 
you know, candidly, of, of the guys who lost their job, I'm not super high on some of them. I don't think Arthur Smith is going to go right back into head coaching. I don't think Brandon Staley is going to go right back into head coaching. Josh McDaniels. But I do think Mike Vrabel, you know, we think about what this team was. They were a team that was always maximizing their talent, maximizing what they had. And if anything, the front office continually worked against them, trading guys like A.J. Brown away in an attempt to to maintain something. But in reality, all they did was disable their ability to to use Mike Vrabel to his max. So I think to me, Mike Vrabel, whether it's at the college level, the pro level, he's going to go to a, a, a premium job, I would say, because I think what he, sh- what he laid out in Tennessee is a program that was able to get Ryan Tannehill to the conference championship game. Good point. A lot of bubblegum for sale in Seattle now. <laughs> Inventor- <laughs> inventory must be, inventory is up, th- up there. What does that mean though? Like he's staying on as a consultant. I mean, I mean, is that a nice way of saying we're parting ways? Because I don't know if that is necessarily good for the head coach coming in. Like if I was a head coach coming into Seattle, I don't need Pete Carroll in my ear. And I don't know if that's something that's going to happen. Think about that a little bit. You know what I think it is? I think it's a way that, uh, so you, you, you're the legacy players you think about, the, the guys who have been around forever that suddenly they're, they have a job with the organization and, and the organization's finding a way to say thank you beyond their playing years. I view this a little bit like that. I mean, Pete Carroll, very meaningful uh, personality to that franchise. I also, as someone who's been let go of jobs before, I, I in, in a couple cases, I stuck around as a consultant for a little bit as a way to kind of, oh, okay. here, we don't want to kick you out on the street. Let's let's make sure we kick old Pete Carroll a couple more dollars. Now, maybe it's to help the front office, but I, I'm with you. He's a very strong personality. So yeah. if you're trying to move on because you want to move on, then maybe just move on. Now, maybe we find out the consultant role. He doesn't actually have an office. He's just collecting a check, and he's basically Matthew McConaughey where he comes in, (laughs) rah, rah, pounds his chest a couple times a year, and he's good to go, you know? I'm thinking of the moving uh, companies, the moving and van uh, companies. Uh, Boy, uh, Mr. Martindale's a great customer. He's the most well-traveled coach I've seen. I know. I know. I mean, he's he's not going to have a tough time finding another home, is he, Ryan? Well, and that's what the drama was about. If you if you haven't fallen deep into the telenovela that is the Wink Martindale Brian <laughs> Dable uh, saga, it does. As things are now starting to come out, it does seem like that the Giants began to play defense and then eventually offense to deal with what Wink was trying to do, which was effectively Wink was starting. Wink was the link, the leak of the information. Uh, Wink's. Wink was trying to get out of this the whole time. I don't think he ever really saw eye to eye with Dable. I think they're both alpha personalities and Mm. you can't have two in the locker room. And I think as soon as the Giants figured out what was going on, they wanted to make sure they could control the situation. And certainly it had to be about where he could go next. Now, we now know they've settled. Uh, He he gave back the money for freedom to go where he wants. There's a lot of speculation that he's going to end up with the Eagles. Uh, You know, I, I guess, sure, like if that's what he wants to do, I enjoyed him as the defensive coordinator. I enjoy a yeah. defense that has a little swagger. I enjoy a defense that's different every week because he's game planning and he and he's a little bit different. Sure, did his defense have clear weaknesses like stopping the run? Uh, did his defense have clear weaknesses uh, in terms of enabling some of his players to like reach their max potential? Because what he's asking them to do, sure. But will the next team that hires him improve? Probably. Uh, get better on defense or at least be more fun to watch. Yeah. 
His defense, it was fun to root for his defense. When they were on, they were on. And sometimes they were off, but when they were on, they were on. And he was he's named Don Wink Martindale. That's the name of a defensive coordinator right there. Or a bouncer somewhere in the East Bronx. Yeah, and also, I mean, was, there's nothing better than a, a really aggressive defensive approach. You know, uh, when he sends everyone, it's fun to watch. You know, especially when it works. I mean, when it doesn't, it's tough. As Giants fans, we, like, that was what we loved about Spags. That's what we loved True. about Belichick. True. Uh, the greatest defenses all, always dictated terms, and I think that's what was so horrible about watching some of these recent Perry Fuel or Patrick Graham defenses. Even when they right. were good, they just sat back and they 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 took what you gave them. Versus Wink, who's like, "Hey, I want to go break some pipes. Let's let's create pressure and break pipes." Let's do it. So uh, Quinn here in uh, Dallas, uh, rumored maybe going up to Seattle. I don't know about that one. Maybe. The ties are there. If Pete Carroll is going to be assisting in this finding his replacement, certainly one of his greatest protégés. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that's really carried on Pete Carroll's like legacy in terms of his cover three system and applying it in a real way down there in Dallas. You know, hiring a defensive coach it doesn't seem like the move a lot of teams want to make, but if Pete Carroll, again, is in the ear of whoever's making the decision, I do kind of like that angle. Maybe they, they mm-hmm. try to focus on returning that team to its glory years of the legion of boom eyes yeah, and ears are sure. on las vegas if they're going to hire the uh, interim uh, coach yeah antonio pierce i mean what, what, what's your take on that uh ryan i'm in vegas every friday yeah. every friday night do a show on Vison, 9 p.m pacific sports gambling podcast live every we're in vegas we see it uh last last week got to got to bump into charles woodson everyone wants antonio pierce to be the coach that isn't making the decision. Now, we, we don't know what the decision maker wants to do, but we do know the Raiders aren't one of these organizations that has unlimited money. The family's wealth is mostly tied up in the Raiders. And while they're doing really well with the move to Las Vegas, I don't think they're already paying John Gruden still. They're already paying Josh McDaniels. I don't think they can afford a coach like Harbaugh. I kind of see this as a perfect storm for the Raiders to hire a guy, Antonio Pierce, championship pedigree with our New York football giants, a kid who grew up a Raiders fan, understands the Raiders culture, a franchise that more than any other franchise brings in their own and has a family-like atmosphere. I think it's the perfect – you're making everyone happy if you make the, de- the, the decision to do this. Unfortunately, some consultant is probably in Mark Davis's ear saying we have to hire an established guy i just i see the performance i understand he's more old school but you see the way the players react you see the way they speak about him that should be the way that you determine if this man, man can lead your men i personally think and i hate to be hard but if he is not hired as the head coach then clearly ownership of the raiders has no clue what they're doing when you got a guy who like is from la grew up with black and silver and is just OG, like amazing, just cool guy, great spirit, a Super Bowl champion, played with the G-Men, has that same kind of mentality, and then has the success not only in the last X amount of weeks with the Raiders, but also has, as you said, the players, total respect. It's like, how do you not do that? Give him an opportunity. They already screwed up before, right, when they got rid of Gruden. And they had special teams coach, I forget his name. Versace. Yeah, and he was great. So, you know what? Let's not, like, do this again. 
So, I don't know. We'll see. Love to see it. I want to keep moving here, though, because there are so many great games. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to run down these matchups. You tell me your take. We'll start with uh, the fun ones right now. That really don't mean much to me. Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. You know, this is a cool story because good for Baker Mayfield for doing what he has done. This guy has gone through a lot of teams, and he finally, I feel, has found a home. But what's your take on this? Yeah, two view, two ways to view this game. One, you have the Tampa Bay Bucks absolutely at the top of their season value, riding high, five and one coming into the playoffs over their last six. On the other side of the coin, the Eagles, one and five over their last six after starting ten and one. The the franchise looks broken. The 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 switch from uh Desai to Patricia looks like a horrible mistake. Uh, who knew that Matt Patricia might be a weirdo who isn't great at uh, coaching <laughs> football anymore? Uh, so you kind of have, uh, but you also have an Eagles at an all-time low point. And I think yeah. from a from a betting perspective, in this one matchup, I I like specifically how Jalen Jalen Hurts should be able to operate his offense. And on the other side, Baker struggles against pressure. We know about the Eagles front and. Frankly, Baker looks very, very injured right now. Mm -hmm. They barely got out of there with a win against the Panthers, right. who are a very bad team, and they lost to the Saints the week before. So uh, my take would be, unfortunately, I, th I do think the Eagles have a pre are a pretty live shot to advance here. If I'm picking a side, i got to pick them. I, I always wanted to fade the NFC South champion in the playoffs. It's just that division was so down this year. None of those teams impressed me. So I think you got to take the Eagles. Jalen Hurts has enough here. Next week is where they run into a juggernaut. Yeah, uh, the 49ers are going to be really tough, but more games here on Sunday. Hey, how about those Rams? Uh, we'll get into the yeah, Rams. Yeah, no, I mean, how about them over the 49ers? Uh, you want to just collab, dwell on that, yeah. Dwell on it a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was, taking, ahead, a lot, have, have I was your, taking a lot. Have your time, Pop. I was talking a lot of, taking a lot of crap from a lot of 49er fans, especially those that are living here in Dallas. So uh, I've just been enjoying the week. You and I both picked the Rams to beat the 49ers, but I will tell you, I wasn't confident. Then, you know, people are saying, well, the 49ers didn't play anyone, but neither did the Rams, right? Yeah, and specifically that matchup last week. Who knew we were going to get a Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz game <laughs> in 2024? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, like, if I'm a Rams fan, I, I don't care the circumstances. Any win over the Niners feels great. I exactly. Get it. I get it. All right, fine. Good to hear that. And they are playing Sunday at night. Uh, should be a really great uh, game. Obviously, you've got Goff, the former Ram. you got Matt Stafford, the former Lion. This It'll game is in Detroit. You know, I wonder if anyone's going to wear their Stafford Lion shirts. That'll be funny to see. Um, nonetheless, though, I mean, this is a great game. This is a game that I think it's going to be hard. I picked the Lions to be in the Super Bowl this year. If the Rams win, God, I, I got to be happy, right? What's yeah. your opinion on this game? Who do you think is going to win it? Yeah, so on one hand, you know, the fact that you have to tell your fan base to not wear a jersey for the player <laughs> yeah. playing for the other team <laughs> It, it's a little strange, but good on Dan Campbell for realizing like he wants every advantage. Get those Stafford jerseys out of here. You got to love the the rematch angle for both guys, right? Stafford coming home, Goff going against the, the, the coach that quote unquote made him. I think the main narrative is how much McVeigh is going to know about Jared Goff. I do wonder if Jared Goff might know something about McVeigh. And I think the big story for me here is the fact that this is the night game. This is Detroit in a situation where they're back in the playoffs for the first time in a long time, back winning the division for the first time in over 30 years mm -hmm. since the great Barry Sanders. 
And so when I look at these matchups, I understand why a lot of the the sharp betting uh, population, the professionals, are all over the Rams. This number opened as high as four, came down to three Hmm. because people started betting the Rams. They see Stafford. They see Cup, Nakua, Kyron Williams. This team is ready to go on a run. The problem is... I wonder what the situation is going to look like. The noise in the building. We, As a Rams fan, you know the one thing that can completely submarine the Rams is Stafford, who's been a statue at times, taking a bad hit and turning the ball over. And that's the aspect of this game I'm focused on. I think the Detroit Lions are going to be able to run the ball. I think the Detroit Lions are going to be able to move the ball. And I think that atmosphere in that stadium is going to be so loud. Mm. It's going to cause problems for that offensive line. It's going to cause problems for communication. And I worry that Stafford has a couple critical mistakes causing the Rams to unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately, not get a rematch against the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, you know what? Jared Goff has a tendency to get a little frightened, and he throws interceptions too. So, so you know, there's nothing like uh, Aaron Donald coming at you. I mean, m- remember when Tom Brady came out and said, you know, there's nothing like an Aaron Donald coming for your head. So <laughs> I understand you, you, this can go either way. I think both teams are really, really good. And, you know, it'll come down to, like you said, you know, who at the the last moment can get it done. I think this is not going to be, you know, over with in the second quarter. I think it'll go the whole stretch. And the case for the Rams would be Raheem Morris, who the d- defensive coordinator for the Rams, has owned Goff in his career. He's 3-1 and one against Goff in his matchups. Yeah. And if you believe the rhetoric that he kn- they know a little something about Jared Goff, then yeah, to your point, perhaps they can create that moment. No doubt. And they have the top-line talent, but I, I think I think the one part uh, is the-, the rest of the talent around Aaron Donald has been shaky at times. All right, last but not least, because you know, look, there's a lot of games, obviously, Bills, Steelers. I don't want to even focus on that one just because I feel like the Bills has got they got this in the bag with spe- no TJ Watt. You know, so I don't want to belabor on that. But I will talk we gotta talk about it. Our home is Dallas now. So, you know, the question is for you, and this is an afternoon game, three thirty here in Dallas. Can the Packers, who I believe are one of the hottest teams in football right now, um, can they beat the Cowboys at home? Now, I know the Cowboys are really tough to beat at home, but can the Packers do it, Ryan? Uh, well, as, as a Cowboys hater, it's e- always easy to say the Cowboys can find a path to losing. But I, what, I would, what I would say is what you're describing is Jordan Love, 21 touchdowns, three interceptions since week nine, yeah. has been electric, has been one of the top QBs in the league. It's hard to understand it. Even when I watch it, I don't always trust it. But this is the youngest roster in the NFL. And so there is some uh, part of me that thinks first-time starter. We It's a very public a narrative when you have someone uh, making their first playoff start, it's tough for them. Uh, it's a tougher, it's a new game. It's tough. You're going against the quarterback here in Dak, who's been to the postseason before. And, and so you have that narrative to overcome. But I do think that when you look at the matchups in this game, Aaron Jones was not someone who was healthy for most of the year. And he's back and he's part of the reason. He actually looks is, good, by the way, now. Yeah, looking so electric. And if anything, he's fresh. And, and, you know, to me, I would also circle back around, and I think you're seeing people bet the Packers because the line has come down over the course of the week. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's the it's the fact that the, Mike McCarthy in a spot against his old squad, could he get a little tight? 
Could Dak get a little tight? McCarthy's never beat the Packers, 0-1. And for some reason, the Packers are 9-1 against the Cowboys in their last 10 matchups. Almost like the franchise has a little edge here. Uh, You know I'm never going to pick the Cowboys. So, yeah, give me the Packers. Maybe they can be the first seven seed to ever get a victory in the wild card round. You know, we got to go to break, unfortunately. What is the line? Two, three points? What is it? Seven. Wow. (laughs) That's a good bet. I got to say, though, before we go to break, uh, here's why I got problems with Dak and the Cowboys. Because I feel, and and I know he's not getting, like, you know, traded or anything like that. In fact, he might even get extended, but um, having a baby. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: you look at some of these other guys who are playing in the postseason right now. Even the rookies, there's rookies. You got C.J. Stroud, okay, and some of these other cats. Even the younger guys who aren't rookies, like Tua. Um, here's what I, where, where I look at like someone like Dak, who has so much on the line right now. This is a major pressure game for him. I don't think they're going to can him. I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't think they're going to do anything like that. But I think to gain the respect from fans, because he really hasn't been able to do it in the postseason. Let's just be honest. So he needs to win this game. And I feel that pressure is all over him. Whereas you look at who they're playing, Jordan Love, he's not getting canned. He's done a phenomenal job. He's good to go. He shouldn't be stressed out. A lot of these guys shouldn't be. Josh Allen should be a little bit. You know, there's a few guys here that need to get that get it done. They need to get to the next level of the playoffs to kind of breathe, to kind of like tell the fans, look, I can do it. But if he fails again, Ryan, I'm sorry. There's a problem there. And I mean, you're not playing the greatest team. I mean, the Packers aren't the greatest team. If he were to lose to the 49ers, fine. But even Brock Purdy. He's not playing for his job. He's already earned it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a difference, in my opinion. It is odd how much the Cowboys fans have. It, the, if you ask any Cowboy fan before this season, what's the biggest problem with the Cowboys? They would have told you it's <laughs> Dak Prescott. They can't trust them. Right. And to your point, one team's playing loose. They're young. They're not supposed to be there. The quarterback was, was quite frankly, people were saying he isn't the guy. And now he might be the guy in terms of Jordan Love. So, yeah, I, I think you look at this Cowboys team – you know, you have to pick one team this weekend that the situation does get a little tight and, and they do choke. It's got to be this one. And to your point, I mean, the Cowboys have not gotten out of the divisional round of the playoffs since 95 when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. 1995. Oh, that's and so sad. They got to do something here. Jerry's not getting younger. No, he's not. 38 years. Unbelievable. As always, appreciate the love. Uh, your uh, opinions go a long way here. We'll catch you next week. Can't wait to discuss what happened here on the Super Wild Card Weekend. Thanks again, man. Cheers. More to come live here from Living the Good Life Show. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. Shoot. Sure.